The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Justin Fields did not have a good day. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What do you think was causing you to think so much? You know, could be uh, coaching. Oh, my goodness. Coaching. Yikes. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Co-host of Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt. Coming up. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Plus, Academy Award-winning actor Matthew McConaughey. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate, Sirius XM Odyssey podcast, and more. 844-204-RICH, number to the dial. we got a couple of phone lines open for you to fill on up. Albert Breer is going to join us in about 20 minutes' time to give us his two cents about what happened in Chicago yesterday and then the rest of week number three. Joe Burrow's ankle tonight. No Saquon Barkley for the Giants against the 49ers. Um, so Albert will be joining us with the uh, freshest and hottest information from Sports Illustrated. Matthew McConaughey, the Academy Award-winning actor and the author of a new children's book called Just Because. He's going to be joining us in hour number three, in which I'll also give you my top five college games of the weekend. Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tifo hey. are in their spots. Good to see you, gents. Good morning, TJ Jefferson in his spot as well. The candle's been lit for over an hour. Kyle Brand of Good Morning Football was on, um, talking about his Bears. He said the dreaded words, Bears fans can't have nice things. Um, and so, Justin Fields spoke honestly yesterday. And um, when you do that in a quarterback in the uh, NFL, makes it sound like you are not taking responsibility. Um, and just ask Zach Wilson that. He will give you the lesson learned conversation. Because it was after last year's disastrous loss in New England. One impotent offensive series after another, after another, after another. And then the Jets' special teams broke at the end and the Jets lose. And the Jets get swept by Belichick. Uh, It's insane. Eight straight seasons, 14 straight games. They have lost to Bill Belichick. 14 straight football games. They have lost. It's absurd. You know, in the same way that Aaron Rodgers signed the, uh, had the ownership papers of the Bears while he was in Green Bay, Belichick owns the Jets. I mean, forget about Woody Johnson. Who owns the Jets? It's Bill Belichick. And he takes special glee in that. And this guy's coming to town at 0-2 for the first time since Mo Lewis blew up Tom Brady's innards. That was in 2001. They lost the opener with Drew Bledsoe. Game two. Brady comes trotting out, and they lost that game too. We all know what happened after that. And Belichick has not really had the lower hand on the Jets very often since then. But there's a new regime. 
And the question is, is if Zach Wilson isn't the guy against New England, and here he is again against New England because Aaron Rodgers, four snaps, 75 seconds into the season, blows out his Achilles. And the guy who is essentially rendered inoperative as the Jets quarterback forevermore, in my mind, is coming to town at 0-2, needing this win in the worst way. So who's going to take it over? I nominate Garrett Wilson because guess what? He has nominated himself. I love this guy. My favorite Buckeye ever, potentially. I don't know what that list looks like. I don't think I'll ever come up with a top five list that way. You could. I know you guys would be counseling me for to, to do that. But it's it's Garrett Wilson, man. Saying the stuff out loud you need to hear in a big week. Look, I can talk about, and I will on Friday's show in the usual spot, the games that I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. You look up and down the lot, there's not a lot of them that have that sizzle, that juice, that long-standing rivalry that has on top of it desperation and needing, want to, have to type stuff. This one has it all. And Garrett Wilson says it's time for the Jets to finally beat the New England Patriots. This is what Garrett Wilson had to say on local New York City radio. Barton Hahn, I believe, um, nationally as well. This is what he had to say on on this New York-based radio program. 14 straight is unacceptable. You know, that's and um, that's, you know, that's unacceptable. We're... Um, you know, I'm owing two against them. That's unacceptable. You know, I inherited. A, you know, I walked into a to a, um, a team that you know we haven't we haven't beat the Patriots, and, and and I feel like that's why they brought me here and, and brought me and Sauce here and and the guys here to make things like that change. So it's it's time that we you know do what we get paid for. It's time we do what we get paid for. I like it, right? Okay. How many? Because this is as close to I'm not here to kiss Bill Belichick's rings as you can get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And w- the Jets need it. Sauce too. Quinn and Williams. Cue ball, as Warren Sapp referred to him the other day when he zoomed into this program. Brees Hall. Let's get him working. Let's get him going. You do have the kids who can be all right enough. And then maybe helping out Zach a little bit here. Maybe. Hey, hey, Ron, where are you? That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) I know he's maybe still out here on the West Coast convalescing, checking out the Dolphins, as he said, it is therapeutic, by the way. It is. It is. Can confirm. Maybe is he, can we FaceTime him as he likes to do or Zoom with him or get him on with Zach talking about what Belichick might throw at him? Maybe getting on the horn with Nathaniel Hackett? Where is A.A. Ron right now? That's what I want to (laughs) know. That's what I want to know. To know, I know he can't physically be there, and I said it the other day, the faster we can get him on one of those rascals 
or or what the scooter that you put your your, your you see people yeah, have yeah, yeah. with the killers, one knee up, yeah, how, yeah, the yeah, faster we can get him out there uh-huh. on this you know the sideline where it's safe enough for him to be there the better let's get him on the phone with Nathaniel Hackett and and Zach let's get them all together cuz he is part of this team I, I would love it we need him hey hey Ron where are you I'm taking attendance <laughs> It may be too soon. You mean Denise? And here's the other. Here's here's the Denise. So so the Balake. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get those offensive linemen Balaking. That's what you gotta do. And to help with this process, like let's not wing it around on Belichick and go into the teeth of what he's trying to do here. Uh, Hoskins put it up here. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a tropical cyclone or something like that. I just saw that climbing this up the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. And it does appear yep. that by you know Sunday. Uh-huh. It's right over East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah. Ooh. By the way, there's games in Baltimore. And Washington. And Washington that can be affected yeah. as well. Buffalo and the Commanders and the Colts and the Ravens. What's the name of that storm? I don't know. Oh. It's car- it's currently called Potential Tropical Cyclone 16. It's not. The name is Oshak Hennessy? Oh, it's definitely not the Oshak Hennessy. Oh. No, but so I'm saying here, like, maybe the weather can just say to Hackett, give it a Brees Hall, give it a Dalvin Cook, mount him up. You saw what Raheem Mostert just did. Use Garrett Wilson out wide if you can. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be too windy and rainy. Belichick's going to have that hoodie on. He's going to really look like the Emperor Palpatine more than anything else. (laughs) Or is it time? Whatever. (laughs) All I know is I loved hearing that from Garrett Wilson. I loved hearing it. Where is A.A. Ron right now? And that's what I want to know, too. <laughs> Gosh, Key and Peel is all over my Instagram algorithm right now, and it's delightful. It's pronounced Aaron. Oh, my gosh. So that's what I'm thinking for this. I mean, you look at the rest of uh, tonight's matchup is kind of delicious. You want to talk about history? Oh, here's a great history thing, too. So I was, uh, you know, Julian Edelman was here a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I completed the home and home nice. with his podcast, uh, Games with Names, where, you know, a guest sits down and talks about a game that is special to him or her. And chops it up with Julian. Must be nice. What game did you play? Um, and so there, there we are afterwards. I'm holding in my hand, in my left hand, um, what Julian Edelman handed to me, surprised me once we were on camera. That is Hanukkah guilt. <laughs> oh. He wished me Happy New Year. Didn't think he would go, you know, fellow Hebrew with me right off the bat, but well, he, he did. He said in the past that he's Jew-ish. Ish. I understand that. Yeah. But it was a delightful chat with Julian um, in his podcast studio here in Los Angeles, California. I believe in his new home. Nice. So it was nice. He's got a beautiful um, Labradoodle named Rocky. Oh, Rocky. That was strolling around. Um, he did yeah, do the Belichick impersonation a couple times. It's really good. Man, is he good at that. <laughs> but the game I brought up was the Bart Scott can't wait game. Can't wait. Because it is. Jets Patriots week and it is the last time the Jets won a playoff game they went to the 
AFC Championship game for the yeah. second straight year that year. That was also the second straight year the Patriots got one and done. That had never happened before yeah. in Brady's Ravens career the, year before. the previous year against the Ravens. Yeah. And everyone thought, oh, the Jets, that was a plucky team that made yeah. the AFC Championship game before Peyton Manning spanked them in Indianapolis. Here they are back in the divisional playoffs in New England. There's no way Brady's getting one and done back-to-back years. Yep. And the Jets did. That... I just wanted to kind of channel it. That this is the game that the Jets need to play at home with Zach. Let's go. And of course, that was the game. You know, what was also surrounding that game. Wes Welker oh, the, all the did stuff. not start the game. Edelman did. Right. This is before Julian was Julian Edelman. You know. It's because the you know the report came out about Rex Ryan's affinity for lower extremities and podiatry. Wes Welker, yes, podiatry. Wes Welker, in his media availability leading up, mentioned a whole made thing. a reference eleven times. Yeah. You got to put our best foot forward. <laughs> this yeah. player's got really good feet. You got to yeah. watch that guy's footwork is great. We got to yeah. be on our toes. Was a good one. Yep. His best one is he called one of the Jets a good foot soldier. And apparently Belichick was livid yeah. about it. I mean, it was hilarious. That's uh, horrible. He got punched. And I asked that. Julian, I'm like, didn't he? Bill has got a great sense of humor. Did he not even see the? He goes, he goes, Rich, it was the playoffs. Bill doesn't have a sense of humor when it comes to the playoffs. <laughs> that was genius by Will Smoke. It was so funny. Let me tell That's you, hilarious. We on NFL Network that week, NFL Total Access, we made a big huge meal out of it as you should have well i mean it's still a team in the nfl but coaching i mean did you put your foot in your mouth i did not well done it was 11 times he said it yeah i've i have found the video it's great oh it's yeah i mean we and we he, he had it ready we watched it back it's a fun pod yep i'll let everyone know when it's up it was, it was a lot it was a lot of fun you know, next time he's here, yes. can we talk to him about Randy Moss? I've heard him share some Randy Moss stories. Oh, we should do that it. That are incredible. Oh, it's fantastic. You just can't stick your toe in the water, yep. he can't, said. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to go all the way in. Yeah. I mean, he really later, but he was also very monotone about it. Oh, yeah, it was just like, you know, you got to put your butt Yeah, but if he had just done it twice or three times, fine, 11? Well, he went then to we make, got the point in the media. Well, he wanted to make sure there was one more than toes. So he went 11. So Very good. 10. No. <laughs> good job at the drops today, Mike. We spent a, we, we spent a we, lot of time uh, pre-show you know, cultivating little, that caper. Don't congratulate him so up, You know, you get so verklempt about it's it. Insubordinate and churlish. <laughs> That's how I get. Don't congratulate him yet. We still no, have because, a lot of show left. Because it's like when you come no, up, Rich, you get a little tense and you come up. I and you're, do not. No, 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 no. Hold I on. have fun doing it. What, Bru- when I stand over you, yeah, you think? Yeah, it's like, it's like I, and I said to TJ. Because I want to let you know what well, I want. TJ, I gave TJ the example. Yeah. I'm Dr. Dre. I'm yeah. in the lab. You can't bug Dr. Dre when he's working. You, yeah. And you're sitting over me like, Mike told me. me you don't bother Dre you when don't he's working. You're he's always asking me, where do you want no, it? No, what no, do you I want? Know. I'm joking. I was joking. No, but you're I, not joking. <laughs> you're like Justin Fields right now. You're telling the truth. And when when he called out, are you going to blame the media for clicks? And then you're going to say what? I'm blaming the media. I'm he's blaming, blaming me. I'm blaming TJ. The blaming the media for clicks thing was so bizarre. That's literally what you said, Justin. But but it's also what a kid does when he's kind of out of options here yeah also i think he's 20 like honestly let me just say this one more time and then we'll bring albert breer in to be on time with him kid's 24 he's 24 years old 
I cannot recall if I was ready to do a press conference at age 24 uh, I, 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 at all. Age 24 is when I started my TV career. Baby-faced, you know, honestly. And he's, he's obviously been in front of microphones his entire adolescent life, I imagine. Still, though, he's learning. A lot of times things people forget. You're a professional talker. That's what you do. Not, the, not when I was 20, 24. Well, but my point being, like, sometimes when their words get mixed up and they don't convey what he they want to convey. He was just being straight up honest. Why talkers. are you not playing the way that you are playing? Why do you feel robotic? Why do you feel it is not natural? Why do you feel it doesn't look like last year? Well, coaching. And what it means like is that that comes across as saying you're not being coached properly. And what he meant by coaching, it appears, is that they're in his head to talk about drilling him down and going through the bumps of making sure that he does get comfortable doing what they're asking of him because they don't want him running around and they don't want him hurt and they do think that this is in the long run what will help him win. Right now... These are the bumps that you go through with young quarterbacks. Speaking of which, what we'll talk about with, with Albert Breer, it looks like Bryce Young might not be able to answer the bell on Sunday in Seattle. Red rifle time. Which is exactly why. You keep that guy. You keep him. Yeah. And that's why nobody's walking through that door for the Jets right now. It's Zach Wilson's show. Let's take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We'll take your calls after we chat with Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated next. Ron, where are you? Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jaqueline. <laughs> hey, hey, Ron. So good. Where are you? <laughs> We're so all in funny. on it. I, I just—it's one of the funnier Keen Peel skits. <laughs> oh, I mean, what is it? Oh, substitute teacher. Substitute teacher. Oh my goodness. Where is a a Ron right now? Well, I'm I'm serious. I'm. <laughs> I mean, where? I I'm, by the way, I am I am uh, wondering. I'm assuming he's got to be involved in this game plan, and don't you think? Don't you think they they've got to include him? He or he's. Yeah. He's probably he might be asking to be on the Zoom calls or whatever. He's got right. He's not physically at the facility. No way. No, no I mean he, he can't. He, move he, he's got rehab out yeah. here to do. And you, you know, and I'm I'm having my fun putting on a rascal or whatever. I I do remember Richard Sermon blew out his Achilles on a Thursday night, and um and was out there, like he did it in the first half. He's out there with his teammates in the second half. He already had his. His uh, knee on one of those wheelies, I guess. What, I, I, whatever you call it, you know what exactly. I'm referring to, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm walking to the set, the Thursday night post game show set. And I just said to him what I would normally say to anybody. I'm like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" And he looked at me, kind of like, "Why would you be asking me that right now?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah, my yeah. apologies. I'm I hope I hope no, I know that." But he's in the middle of all this stuff. That was at the towards the end. That's that was towards the back end of his career. He yeah. did come back from that and he wound up in San Francisco. I just remember all that. So, you know, it's it's touchy subjects, man. People are getting really touchy. It's already two weeks in right now to the National Football League season. Matthew McConaughey is going to be joining us to talk some college football. I imagine he's keen on uh, Sam Howell and the commanders. Yeah. Everybody thinks he would be a cowboy guy, but he's not. He's on the other side of that fence. Back to the Rich Eisen Show radio network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. One of my favorites, love having him on. He makes me smarter from Sports Illustrated. Joining us here to also explain why Ohio State's sending quarterbacks to the next level, feeling robotically penned in by things like reads and progressions. Albert Breer. <laughs> Here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Albert? Did you catch the Texans game on uh, Sunday? Ah, that's look, true. He did look. He, he is looking good. He is, he, yeah. CJ Stroud yeah. looks comfortable, Albert. He does. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they're very different players. It's, it's interesting from the same place, but very, very different players. Obviously. All right, that's my churlish way of beginning our conversation. Uh, what is uh, what what happened in Chicago yesterday? Let's start with Justin Fields. Yeah. First, Albert. I I, I would say um, so like. It's interesting because I do think he was blown a little out of proportion. Because I think if you read if you read the tweet that kind of blew up, you thought one thing, and it got my attention because I was like, God, that doesn't sound like Justin, you know. And then I went back and I watched what he actually said, and like it wasn't really where he just said coaching is the problem. It was more I have a lot going on in my head right now. There's a lot rattling around up there while I'm standing in the pocket and. Coaching is part of that. Like how, what, what sort of coaching, how much coaching I'm getting. And I want to go back 
and get to a place where I can play fast and free again. And so like what I can tell you about the internal handling of that is things really blew up while they were in the practice field. And so the bears are out there practicing. Everybody's going nuts over this on Twitter. They get back in. Justin gets to his locker, looks at his phone, sees like the world, the world is melting down about what he said at his press conference immediately ran to Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator's office. And they talked it out. Those two have a really good relationship. Um, and there wasn't even really anything that needed to be squashed, I guess, because there wasn't a problem in the first place, but Justin did apologize and they were able to move on really quickly. Now that said, I mean, let's talk about the root of this, right? The tape is really bad. And I've heard that from people with teams um, that are on the Bears schedule, that have played the Bears. The tape isn't good. And there's a lot that needs to be solved there. And in Justin's comments, there's a lot to chew on. I just think the whole idea that he was pointing the finger was misplaced to begin with and taken care of quickly internally. Well, I mean, what he did say, because we uh, I didn't see the tweet at first. I heard the soundbite at first. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, um, and, and the way I took it to mean is that the coaching is uh, an impediment, that that is the yeah. way I took it to mean. And, and, and if, just to be consistent, um, that if I'm going to sit here and uh, roast Zach Wilson last year for sounding as if he's not responsible for letting the locker room down and him saying, well, why are you playing robotically? And his answer is coaching. Well, maybe that's a way of saying I'm not, you know, taking the co understanding the coaching or processing the yeah. coaching, or I'm mm -hmm. letting the coaching getting in my head too much, which is a, a him problem that that's not a, yeah. a getsy problem. And what Getsy is trying to do just to continue this conversation, I imagine is to keep Justin Fields upright. Um, and, yeah. and in the pocket and, and the, the faster he gets comfortable and not be feeling robotic standing in the pocket and, and running the plays as they're schemed, uh, the better for him. But mm -hmm. I, I'm just wondering after what he said, that maybe you just go to him and just say, let's throw everything out that makes you feel robotic and keep everything yep. in that doesn't and seeing what happens in Kansas city. And now I, I give you the floor back on that supposition. Yeah. I think there are two things to look at here, uh, Rich, like, Number one, they felt like they needed him to be Superman last year, and they don't feel like they need him to be Superman anymore. The roster was in such disrepair last year. They were carrying all the dead cap, They and they were trying to make it work with not much in front of them. They were, I'd say, deficient at receiver also. I, there wasn't much they did well on offense last year. So if they were going to win last year, they felt like Justin Fields had to be Superman. And so they played that way. Um, and the second piece of it is they don't think that playing the way they did last year is sustainable. And I think Justin Fields injuries, the way his body was at the end of the year is proof positive of that, that that might look good in the short term, but that's, that's not going to be something that's going to be sustainable over years for the franchise. So, you know, you look at that part of it and then you got to juxtapose it against what, you know, a traditional NFL quarterback does and, you know, and maybe the Brady Manning sense and Justin's really far from being that. So like, how do you find the happy medium? And this is a guy who, you know, like coming out, like what Ryan day and the coaches at Ohio state all said was he just needs reps. He needs to play more. He needs to see more. He hasn't seen enough and he doesn't see it fast enough right now. And so like, you know, how do you, how do you kind of find that happy medium between 
what you want him to be ultimately, which he's not that right now, and what he's really good at and can do right now. And I think, you know, like a huge part of this when you're adding Darnell Wright in the draft and you're adding DJ Moore in a trade is like, how do we find that happy medium in doing what Justin does well, continuing to grow him as a player and getting the most out of the players we've put around him? And clearly the Bears have struggled with that a little bit, you know, and I think you can see it watching Justin. I mean, like, look, like there was a point at Ohio State, you know, between when they had J.K. Dobbins and between when Trey Sermon went nuts at the end of his last year, they had trouble running the ball. And you could see when they the running game was taken away from him and when they weren't running the ball as well as a team, he'd stand there in the pocket and it was almost like he would doubt what he was looking at. And they were good enough around him where they could protect him in those situations. And he had open guys to throw to um, in the NFL. It's a little more challenging when everything's talent equated. And now you don't have that extra second to sit in the pocket and hold the ball. And so, you know, they either need to find a way to help him see it faster or simplify things on him. Um, and that's all going to be a process. But, you know, I, I certainly think they feel better about the team around him. They feel better about the offense than they did a year ago, as bad as it looked through two weeks. And, um, you know, I, I, it feels almost like moving away from what they did last year to make it work with Justin, to make it work for the players they had in the team last year. It's almost like they're, you know, sort of hitting the reset button and starting over again on offense. And they're going through some obvious bumps and getting to where they need to be. Well, it seems like they just got to hit the reset button for the entire organization right now, yeah. Albert, because that wasn't yeah. just the only thing that happened at Hallis Hall yesterday. I mean, Braxton Jones, their left tackle, goes on injured reserve. And the uh, defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, announces he's leaving the team. What What's your reporting on on uh, the defensive coordinator with all the craziness that's swirling sure. around over the circumstances of his departure, Albert? Um, well, number one, the FBI was not um, at the Bears facility yesterday. Um, number two, like the coaches were told that the very worst stuff that you saw on the Internet was not true. So... You can take those two things at face value for what for, for, for what it's worth. That's what the coaches were told. The FBI wasn't there. The coaches were told the very worst that we've seen on the Internet is not true. That said, like in talking to some people in that building, you know, I, the phrase effing crazy. I tweeted this yesterday, like was brought up to me about the circumstance. And, um, you know, I had somebody say to me, like, you know, you've coached with a guy for a number of years and you think, you know, him, and then this happens. Um, hmm. so there's still a lot of mystery over it. I wouldn't jump to any conclusions, but clearly it's not very good. And, you know, it's amazing when you think about it, you know, Rich, like it's, I, I, I hate to call anything unprecedented. You know, I was just on the radio here and somebody was asking like, is this as, as crazy, like a little stretch as you've seen for a team in the NFL? I'm like, well, like I, 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 my, my default is to think back to the week that that Ray Rice and and Greg Hardy and Adrian Peterson all happened, you know, within a few days. But that was with different teams, you know. Um, to have your defensive coordinator resign and then your offensive coordinator be under this kind of fire in the same day is a lot, and it's going to be really interesting to see what becomes of it because obviously, you know, on the other end of this, they have the Super Bowl champions waiting for them in Kansas City on Sunday. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, we started by talking about C.J. Stroud a little bit. It looks like he's the uh, only rookie quarterback who might answer the bell on mm -hmm. Sunday. Uh, what's going on with Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson in their readiness for this weekend that you may have? Yeah, here? so, I mean, obviously it's very cut and dry with, um, with Anthony Richardson. He's either going to clear the protocol or he's not. 
And until, you know, until we see him, you know, back in the practice field, like, you know, it's, I, you know, obviously the, the Colts are under, you know, a very strict protocol as far as what they can do with him. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think it's, you know, Bryce Young to come out of this, you know, like and and and, ha- and be injured um, after two weeks, you know, whether he plays or Sunday or not, I'm not or plays on Sunday or not. Rich goes back to the whole question about his size and I hate to do it, but it's like, I mean, you can see it every time he drops back there. Like the question with his size and what's so interesting about it to me is like it was never about whether or not he could see. And with most short quarterbacks, it is because that is a real issue. But, you know, I remember talking to Frank Reich about this and, you know, he was like when he would stand. One of the reasons he felt so comfortable going with him from the jump was like, you know, he would stand behind him in the spring and the summer and see the field the same way the quarterback would. You know, he'd stand behind the offense. And he'd be like, this guy has no trouble seeing anything. So it was never height with him. It was more his frame and how he could hold up. And it's not the greatest sign in the world that, and the line hasn't played great in front of him. That's certainly a factor. Both his starting guards are out. And, um, you know, the, the tackles haven't played as well as they played a year ago. Uh, but, you know, the fact that, you know, he's already nicked up isn't, isn't the greatest sign. And so I know they're going to try to get him ready for Sunday, but, you know, missing practice time for a rookie is a big deal. And then obviously Andy Dalton would be the guy to go in Seattle if he yep. can't go. And that's the latest example to, for my friends in uh, the New York metropolitan area who are already infuriated with Zach Wilson. Um, like the, no one's going to flip the Jets, their backup quarterback right now. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I'm I'm still wondering what your reporting is on what the Jets yeah. are thinking in that building right sure. now. I mean, is, does Joe Douglas have a list that he's ready to pounce on when he can? Um, you know, or, or are they are mm-hmm. they are they privately as, as bullish on, on Wilson as they are publicly? What do you got for me, Albert? So they were so, so they want to give him runway. You know, they want to get behind him, and I think that's why you saw the the public ex- declarations over the last you know couple weeks, and I. And, and I do think there's like a genuine feel that like they want to make it they 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 want to they want to make it work with him you know and they want to do it with him and I I I can say like the feeling was like he's coming into this in a in a much different context right than um, what he was the last two years like his first year there wasn't a lot around him because the team was being retooled under a new head coach and then you know last year they're trying to figure out if he's a franchise quarterback or not so they're asking him to do some things that probably are more than they need him to do now. Now, with a really good running game with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, and if you get the tackle situation figured out, you can have a really good running game. And obviously, they have a potentially dominant defense that's super athletic and has franchise players in in Quentin Williams and and Sauce Gardner. Um, You know, you kind of can say, put your hands at 10 and 2, kid, and keep the car on the road, right? The problem with that is, that's never been Zach Wilson's game. And in fact, like the, the criticism of him coming out of BYU was that he too often passed up the layups and he would make these big, exciting plays. But some teams looked at it and said, well, like there's this guy here and this guy here and this guy here. He didn't need to hold the ball. He didn't need to run around. And so can you rewire him or does it even, does it, would it even be conducive to getting the most out of him to rewire him? to be a game manager. Cause it does feel to me. And I don't know, you watch them as close as anyone, Rich, like they could kind of use a game manager right now. Right. And so I think that's the question is, and that's sort of where I think they're stuck in between where it's like this team kind of needs a steadying presence, a game manager. And that's never been Zach Wilson's mm-hmm. game. Can they make him that? 
And is it even the right idea to make him that? Um, you know, because you can't go through another year where he's playing the way that he did last year. And you can't risk it with the roster that you have. And if you have any prayer of getting Aaron Rodgers back, like you you want everything you can't just get to nine or ten wins so you can get in the dance. That's the question they're going to be asking themselves over the next five or six weeks. And they're going to give them some runway, and they have given them some runway. But if it looks like it did against Dallas, and Dallas has got a great defense, so maybe that's not the best context to look at it in. I mean, five, six weeks from now, you get close to the trade deadline. There is going to be there are going to be teams that are going to be one and six, that are going to be two and five, that are going to be looking at it and saying, maybe we do need to offload some pieces, or maybe that backup quarterback isn't as as important to us. So I think that this is going to ultimately come down to how Zach Wilson plays. And then if Zach Wilson doesn't play, the sort of opportunity that becomes available because of the way other teams play. Any word if Rodgers is part of the game planning uh, on the phone with Wilson uh, in, in, a, in a meeting with Hackett via Zoom, FaceTime, anything, Albert? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that for you because it has, isn't something that I necessarily thought of, and I'll get back to you on that. Um, yeah, um, but, it, but, but it is something, honestly, it is something, Rich, that um, – the relationship that Zach and Aaron have is a genuine relationship. Mm-hmm. It's one that pre-exists their time as teammates. It's one that was it was a facilitator in Zach staying on the roster after they traded for Aaron Rodgers. And I may have told you this story before, but um, you know, after Zach Wilson's first start, and I don't think he played real well. If, if I remember the story right, um, he comes back the next week, and you know that Friday night, it was I think eight or nine p.m. And Zach's at the facility and and Aaron calls him and, you know, they, they start talking and Aaron just says like, well, wait a minute, like, where are you right now? And Zach says, I'm at the facility. And Aaron's like, dude, what the hell are you doing there? Get out of there. Like it's Friday night. You don't need to be there. Get out of there. Like, you know, you're, you're overdoing it. So they had that sort of relationship, which would facilitate Aaron helping Zach now. And um, so I would think that Aaron would be helping Zach every way he can. I just can't say definitively whether whether or not it's happened over the last week and a half. A couple minutes left with Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, Albert, um, the text you got from Jim Ursay, fresh off mm-hmm. of his, uh, his bus um, yep. back in training camp days, um, I, it, it, it serves to bring it up again with Jonathan Taylor. We're not trading Jonathan end of discussion not now on july 29th and not in october it is september Uh, i mean i guess you can kind of shoehorn september in there as a (laughs) a possibility for a loophole albert um he's coming off a pop in about what 10 days what's the state of affairs right there in indy i think that they would have to consider um offers on him you know and i think the relationship is such where I think Chris Ballard and and and, and Shane Steichen really wanted to make it work. I, I think what the handling of the last month and a half have proven us is proven to all of us is that at the level above those guys, the relationship might be irreparable. And it's like one very intelligent coach told me um, once like about the advice that he gives to younger coaches is when you're looking at head coaching jobs, remember the one thing you can't change is the owner. Um, So like, I would say, you know, like they're going to get phone calls and that's just the way it works. Everybody calls about everything. Um, So they're going to get phone calls on Jonathan Taylor ahead of the trade deadline. And I I would think that Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen are going to at least listen to those phone calls. And the same way 
Like I think the Giants, if things don't go well over the next few weeks, might have to start listening on Saquon Barkley. Hmm. Um, I think the Giants have to look at. I, I think the Colts would have to look at it realistically and say, if this guy's not going to be on our team for the next three years, and somebody's offering us, say, a second round pick and something else, that then that's something we seriously have to consider. And I look at like a couple teams. Like, can you imagine that Miami offense with Jonathan Taylor in it? Can you imagine what Buffalo would look like with Saquon Barkley? Like there are teams out there that could look at it and say, you know, look at what Christian McCaffrey did for San Francisco last year. Like they made it to the NFC championship game, despite like a really sideways quarterback situation. And one of the reasons why is because that McCaffrey elevated them. Um, you know, I certainly think like some teams could look at a Taylor or a Barkley that way when we get to October. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that one. That's an interesting food for thought right there. Albert Breer, any Dion effect conversations you're hearing? In the pros, I'm serious. And in and, and the pros at all, I, too soon or not at all, or but everyone must be seeing well, what he's doing in Colorado and talking about it, Albert, right? I yeah. Mean, well, well, let me let me take you through a few names, okay? Uh-huh. What do you think of the job Mike Vrabel's done? Great. What do you think of the job Dan Campbell's done? I see where you're going. What do you think of the job Kevin O'Connell's done? Okay. I see where you think you're D'Amico going. Ryan's has great potential as a head coach? I see what you're saying. So, D, so, so, so plugged. And I think the Jeff Saturday thing was probably like a bridge too far, um, as far as this idea goes. But well, because he like took this, it, because he took him off of, uh, you know, off a off a fishing off boat. A set. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. or, or you know, off the yeah. TV but, set. But I mean, seriously, like, here's my my thought on it, Rich. And this is like a broader thought, you know. But like when I see Dion, that video of him, like where there was the make it personal thing, right? Yes. Look at every kid in that in that video. Where are their eyes? They are locked in on Deion Sanders, right? You have kids. I have kids. How hard is it to get <laughs> that like this generation's attention that way? Seriously. It's <laughs> a good one. That's true. You know, yeah, like yeah. how hard and, and and Dion walked into that building. He had that automatically rich. Right. You're already playing from ahead, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at this. I I you know, I've told this story a couple of times over the last couple of weeks on this, but, you know, I remember having a conversation a few years ago with, uh, with Mike McDaniel and Mike is like one of the most self-aware people don't know that about him. One of the most self-aware people you could possibly imagine. And Mike, Mike has said to me, like, I have to be the smartest guy in the room to have a chance, you know, like the ex players don't. And so you're playing from ahead, you know, and I do think that there's that element of it where this generation, it's really hard with this generation of player to capture the attention, the imagination of 53 of them at once. And so if you can do that, the minute you walk in the door, you're playing from ahead. Now you still have to make it work, right? You still have to prove to them that you're going to give them a good plan. You still have to prove to them that you're going to give them a plan to win as a group and to get rich individually, right? Like you still have to do that. But like with the ex players, like with this generation, it's like if you have name recognition and you could walk in and they know you've done it and they know you've sat in your seat. It's like I, I remember talking to Vrabel about this. Like Vrabel can walk in that meeting room and it's like every single guy in that meeting room, Rich, he's been them. He's been the guy trying to make the team. He's been the guy running down on kickoffs. He's been the all pro linebacker. He's been the veteran just trying to hang on at the end. He's been every one of them. So every one of them looks at him and says, he's been me right outside of maybe the quarterbacks. So like, I I think that there's a power to that, right? 
And you know as well as I do, because you work where I used to work. I remember walking into locker rooms with that NFL network, Mike Flagrich. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you walked in somewhere with that Mike Flag and you had a player say to me, say to you on the way out, tell Prime I said hello? Uh, every one of them. Every one right? of them. Every one of them. Yeah. I mean, for one reason or another, like what I'm talking about with Vrabel and Campbell and Ryan's and and and, and O'Connell, that exists to a different level with Dion. Like they revere him. Mm-hmm. So, like I think the effect is in the short term, it shows what having it shows the advantage that an ex player has. Not saying that the guys who didn't play can't do it, because obviously they can. There's a lot of proof of that. But it does show like that that's an important thing. Like that's a that's a that's a that's an advantage you can have if you have an ex player in there, right? So that 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 in the short term, that's what it is. In the long term, I mean, the question I would ask is is some owner gonna back up the Brinks truck for Deion Sanders? So what it would right? take? Well, it would take a Brinks truck and it would take handing the entire program off to him because he he, you know, in the same way that you just mentioned about, you know, fifty-three guys and professionals he, he he even said on, on this show last friday he, he 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 doesn't maybe have any interest in even attempting that that he loves where he is and he loves the kids and he loves that style of coaching and by the way before i let you go you left off uh one thing you missed about vrabel albert is touchdown maker in the end zone you know that's right, that's B- right. Don't red forget zone before, target before hopkins red zone target jo- before red zone target before before hopkins joined the team he he led the entire organization in catches you know i know i know <laughs> come I on know. that's right that's right <laughs> albert thanks for the time really appreciate it brother you got it rich that's at albert breer check him out check out everything he does i do you should as well we'll take a break tj jefferson with fantasy football advice that's next this is the rich eisen show Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You told a story about the genesis of all right, all right, yes, all right. Here's where that comes from. So, okay. days confused. Yes, genius film. I'm in the right bar, the right time, mm-hmm. and a guy goes, "Hey, you ever done any acting? You might be right, just right for this part." Legendary <laughs> cast director and producer Don Phillips. I come back, 
and they do what's called a makeup and wardrobe test, meaning they're shooting another scene one night. I'm just going to show up. Director's going to step off the set and come and look and go, great, I approve. Well, he comes and looks. He goes, geez, this is Wooderson. It's great. He goes, listen, uh, you're not scheduled to work tonight, but we're over here at the Top Notch drive through and you think Wooderson might want to pick up on the redheaded intellectual, Jake? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, want to shoot it? I'm like, Sure. So I go get in the car. I yeah. shoot my first scene ever in a film. Of your career. Of my career. And um, I had been listening to a lot of 70s rock and roll at that time. And there was a certain live recording of a Jim Morrison concert in like Amsterdam or somewhere where he barks at the crowd, all right, all right, all right, all right, four times real aggressively, though. I'm not thinking about that, but this comes back. So I'm in the car and I'm like, who's my man? I'm nervous. I'm about to hear act, who's my man, who's Wooderson? I said, well, I'm about my car. And I go, well, I'm in my 70 Chevelle, yes. there's one. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm about getting high. I said, well, Slater's riding shotgun. You know he's got a Dubois rolled up. <laughs> there's two. And I said, and I'm about rock and roll. And I said, well, I got Nugent Stranglehold in the eight track, man. There's three and I hear action. And I look up and in my mind, I go, and I'm about chicks. I got three out of four, let's go get the fourth. All right, all right, all right. Wow. <laughs> that was it. So First word ever said on screen. Love that guy, and he's joining us in 10 minutes to talk about his new children's book. That'll be a lot of fun. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, um, let's get to your um, fantasy advice, TJ right, Jefferson, baby. as you always bring us. Every single week, weekly fantasy football update sponsored by Prize Picks. Here is TJ Jefferson. What do you got over there, fellas? TJ? Uh, week three, going to hit you with some picks, some people to start, some people to sit, some people to look out for. Right now, I got a friend of the show, a guy who sat in that guest chair a few months ago before he got drafted rich. I got him as him, and that is Jordan Addison. Wide receiver rookie from the Vikings nice. going up against the Chargers right up the street here. I think this is going to be a shootout. Let's be honest. I think every receiver from both teams is going to be a good play. But Jordan Addison is balling to me. He only has 11 targets, which is low, but he's got seven catches, 133 yards and two touchdowns. He's averaging 16.2 points per game if you're in a points per reception league. So look for Jordan Addison to have a great game this week. Now, i tell you who to sit on the bench. Even though this guy's been playing pretty well, and I think his new team, is well, not his new team, he's a new quarterback for the team, and I think the fans are happy with him. But I'm going to advise you to maybe sit Jordan Love this week. He might not mm, be him. Wow. The, the reason being, look, okay. he's, he's thrown for 396 yards and six touchdowns. More importantly, he has zero picks on the season. But the thing is, Rich, we've talked about how good this New Orleans Saints defense is. They've shut down the Titans and the Panthers the last two weeks. And going back to last season in the past eight games, this defense has given up. Well, not given up. They've had nine picks against quarterbacks, and they've only allowed one quarterback to score more than one touchdown against them. So my advice to you would be, sit Jordan Love, he ain't him this week. Let me just jump in before you finish. Um, Aaron Jones is back at practice today, but Christian Watson, who returned Wednesday, is not back out there today. Yes. Yeah, so, so he yes. might not be ready to go for a third Eesh. straight week. Sorry, yeah. just wanted to jump in Jordan, with the latest I, on that. I have Jordan Love on my team. He's my backup quarterback. I like the way he's playing. You're keep him there? I just say sit him on the bench this week. And a guy I want to look out for because he might be him coming up. He's still on the IR from an abdominal injury. Keep your eye on, and if you have enough room, maybe stash him. Jeff Wilson, running back 
for the Dolphins. Look, Mike McDaniel loves Schiff. He, even though we're here most of it, I told you last week, mm-hmm. he might be him and he put up a great, great game. I just have a feeling, and that's what fantasy football is about. Sometimes you've got to go with a feeling. I feel Jeff Wilson is someone, when he comes back, he's going to be worked into that rotation of Dolphins running back. So I'm going to tell you, if you have a chance, stash him, put him to the side, and when he comes back, he might pay dividends for you. All right. I kind of dig that one. That's uh, TJ Jefferson's fantasy football advice and update sponsored by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Uh, Mark in New York City, let's sneak your phone call in before the end of the hour. What's up, Mark? Hey, Rich. How you doing? What's on your mind? I got about a minute for you. What do you got for oh, me? Oh, okay. I just want to do a quick what's more likely. Would be okay? Mm. Okay. Um, after eight games, will we have more undefeated teams or more winless teams? Mm. After halfway through the season? Yes. Um, I think we'll end up having more undefeated teams halfway through the season. Really? That's what I, yes, I will. Uh, I, I, I will say that um, at some point. I, do, I, don't, I, I mean, I, and I should say this, uh, and I appreciate the call, Mark. There are some dumpster fires that appear to be forming right now, but whoever wins Dallas versus San Francisco probably is going to stay undefeated. Yeah. Um, the uh, Eagles, if they win this coming um, Monday night, they have a, an interesting run that could keep them undefeated, although there's Miami in Week 7. Um, Baltimore, as you know, I think has an opportunity to stay undefeated for a while. So I'll say that there's an opportunity. That'll be interesting. File that one away, Chris. I like that one. File that one away, TJ. Mike, you can do whatever you want. Um, we've got Matthew McConaughey joining us at the top of the next hour. That's just five minutes away. And then my top five college football games of the weekend and so much more. Minka Fitzpatrick has also chimed in. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, Minka is talking about uh, being called a dirty player after his hit on Nick Chubb. Yeah, that was unfortunate. That's the latest there. These hits in these games are so bang, bang. Like, to assume when you're watching in slow motion, oh, he had an agenda. Come on, man. Well, Sap um, sent me a video of him reviewing the film, which we can't show for two reasons. One, we can't show NFL footage. Right. And two, uh, it's not safe for work the way that Sap was explaining it. (laughs) But as you know, Warren, when he was here two days ago, said that this was not a dirty hit. Right by um by minka fitzpatrick and he explains exactly why in this video and i'll i'll do my best to paraphrase oh good yeah i was listening to chris long's pod uh, yesterday at the gym and same deal he said it's not a dirty play so i'm gonna trust those guys words well it's not just again just how's it it's just a tease i don't want to give it away now i'll give it away later before we're done on this program Today. All right. That makes sense. All right. Yes. Can't wait to chat with uh, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) You know, when I first moved to LA in 99, I went to one of these big Beverly Hill parties, Beverly Hills parties. And Mm -hmm. like, as I'm trying to get into this house, a guy comes walking out, hair slicked back, suit on, looking just cleaner than the billboard of health. And it was Matthew McConaughey. And he walked by me. And I'll be honest with you guys, I was starstruck. You know, that would never happen now. You know why? Why is that? You're a hermit. (laughs) 
<laughs> he doesn't leave his house. He doesn't go out. Bingo. It's got nothing to do with McConaughey. It's, it's a you. It's, it's, it's a you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>